My name is Jack and you're listening to the Dev90X podcast. We are up to day 33 in the 90-day journey now. And I'm going to keep today pretty short again. I slept in this morning because my body needed a little bit of rest after waking up at 5 a.m. my current usual wake-up time. I decided that I would just take another little nap and then I woke up at eight. So I slept for another three hours, which I did not plan, but that definitely cut into my morning. Little life update to start this one off is that I did my first weight session again today since two and a half weeks ago. I stopped after I got sick and not only that, I did it with my personal trainer. I have a new guy that I'm training with now. His name's Putu. And we, we trained legs. And boy, I lost a lot of strength in two, 2.5 weeks. So um, that, that brings me into Jack's hack for today, which is never stop training. <laughs> never, ever stop training. It's just not worth stopping, you know. Um, obviously if you get sick, then you stop. But if you, if you can just, just keep, keep the minimal, like minimal effective amount, minimal effective dose in there, because it's all about consistency and I can feel already I was, I did like half of a leg workout of what I compared to what I was doing before I got sick and I can tell I'm going to get major doms from this. So, yeah, uh, that's the hack. Never stop training. It's all about the streak. It's all about consistency. But I also have another little hack. It's a little recipe that I want to share that I just discovered. Black currant tea. It's, it's actually black tea, but it's also got black currant flavoring in it. I'm not sure how they do the flavoring. It's the brand, uh, I think it's Dilma or Twinings, one of those two. Uh, they sell this tea, they sell a bunch of different fruit teas. And what you do is you steep it and then you put this, put it in, in the fridge to cool it down. And then you have an ice, you make it into an iced tea with soda water and it becomes like a soda tea and it's blackcurrant flavored and it's delicious. So that's my little recipe that I wanted to share today. I'm trying to get back into more into tea as opposed to drinking so much coffee. And uh, that's, that's, that's one that I'm really, really liking. All right, progress update. So I'm noticing that I'm preferentially going for learning materials and methods that are structured as they offer a sense of progress. And it's easy for me to report on and be like, okay, today I did another lesson of the Stanford iOS development course. Um, as opposed to what I, I know kind of intuitively is a much more effective training method for training myself how to do iOS development, which is just reading code. Like I've got enough projects here that I can read uh, where I can just read through. Um, and there's honestly so much code that needs to be read. <laughs> um, because as you read through, you inevitably study, it's like studying the code in a way. You, you don't know what it does and so you read it and you try to figure, figure out what it does and then it's calling on classes 
uh, and and using objects from that from from Apple's APIs that you don't understand, you don't know what they do. They're all like black boxes in in a sense. You don't know what variables they have, what methods you can call on them, and so you have to study each of these things, which leads you into the documentation. And it's all kind of random, but that randomness over time equates to a good horizontal understanding of all of it. And so that's, I know that's what I need to be doing more of rather than these like silly games in Swift playgrounds and, and the Stanford UI course in a way I, I feel like I've been led astray by these learning materials. They are helpful for sure, but they're just not, they're just not fast enough. I need to move faster. I don't have as much time as I, um, well, I have all the time in the world in a way, but I, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a 90 day challenge. (laughs) Uh, I've got 60 days left and I need to, I need to get an app launched. So yeah, I've got to focus. So today I did a bit of reading and researching code and I think that this is maybe two or three times faster for learning because it just raises so many more question marks in your mind that become those painful kind of question marks. I remember in an earlier episode I talked about having these painful question marks and then like eventually, you know, it's like Minesweeper and you're trying to figure out how to turn those question marks into not question marks and so you understand them. And in the beginning, it's just question marks across the entire board. You don't know anything. It's all unknowns. And yeah, you have to, first of all, become aware of how big the board is, how big the, play, the, the, the field of play is, then how many question marks there are. And then you have to kind of load all the question marks up in your mind before you start getting answers to them. You don't have to load them all up in your mind. You can just straight away research each one. But if you're not, if that's not happening, then you're not learning basically is what I'm trying to say. And I'm finding that with just watching a video on YouTube, watching a Stanford lecture, um, it's sort of taking away that challenging part of it where it's just giving you the answers straight away and you don't have to think about it. There's no pain involved in that process. And without the pain, the learning goes down because pain equals, you know, you're going to remember it better. I remember when I was in Japan, um, learning Japanese and I was often being in Japan. I was often in situations where I had to use my, my knowledge of the language. And I, rem- I remember so many times that I would have a huge question mark about, is this the right word to use? I'm not sure about it, but fuck it. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> and and then I would say it and then sometimes it would be a hit but sometimes it would also be a miss and I'd be like oh I just said I didn't say what I meant to say what did I just say I have no idea what I just said <laughs> and um, then later on I would learn what I just said and it was uncanny like I could have learned that thing you know six weeks later and it would instantly click back to that memory of when I used that word or grammar in the wrong way and I was unsure about it that was that unsured unsuredness was so firmly implanted in my mind and I really wanted to know if 
I really wanted to know what I said. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I'm using that analogy. Like the more painful it is, the better you're going to remember it. And in that sense, I think that the hard way is the easy way that it's faster, it's more efficient and it results in a better learning outcome. And so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, but the thing about it is that it doesn't offer this nice, like chunky, like, like structured chunks of learning where I can talk about, all right, today, you know, I did one of this and two of that and blah, blah, blah. Um, all I can say is today I read code and I researched code and I read through the Swift API documentations or the Apple developer documentation and I read a little bit of Swift documentation and it's just, <laughs> I don't know, for me it's a psychological thing. But I'm not going to let that hold me back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep diving into the code and reading it. I also downloaded a, another iOS app from GitHub from the open source list. It's a Corona tracker and it uses API calls to download CSV files from a server and then runs updates to get current data. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I could Maybe that could come in handy in the future where if I need to know what the code is for that, I, can, I know that this app does that thing. So I can go into that app and into the source code and I can find it and learn how to do that thing and use it in a different project. And that got me thinking that this is probably a good habit to have is just to, just to go through this open source list, load up those apps, see what they do, look at their features, look at their frameworks, look at the structure, um, the way, you know, the design patterns that they've used to build the app and then, uh, and then just have it there as a reference in a kind of code library. If, if I ever need to know how to implement a feature of some kind, then, and I'm aware of an app in my library that has that feature, then I can go and figure it out and start to dig into the code. I think that could be really, really useful. And I would imagine that probably most iOS developers do something like this. In resource land, I've, I've still got this kind of pain of like my resources aren't good enough. I want better resources because for web development, there's some exceptionally good resources out there. Uh, just, ex just really good, well thought out tutorials that, you know, they're project based and they offer really cool project outcomes. And I, you know, I started doing quite a, quite a lot of these and I found that there was no shortage of exceptional resources, but I am kind of struggling. And I think the reason is because a lot of the resources are outdated with iOS development, namely anything to do with old versions of Swift and also just old ways of doing things. A lot of, a lot of things just don't work. You know, you go to this open source list on GitHub and a lot of it will just not build. You, you, you put it in Xcode, it just won't build. It's too old. It's using old things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Old code that doesn't build anymore. And that's a little bit annoying. And it just feels like all of the learning resources are constantly becoming outdated. So actually the only really good way to learn is the hard way to learn, which is the hacking away at it yourself, going into projects, trying to understand the code, trying to make changes, uh, reading the developer documentation, opening up 
a Swift playground, playing around, just trying to figure it out, just trying to hack away at it, figure it out yourself. I think that is probably the best way to do this. But it, it's also a whole skill set of how do you, what methods do you apply to hack away at something, to figure it out? For example, if I load up a Swift playground, how do you even know where to start with testing things, testing code ideas? It's a little difficult and it takes some time to learn those, those things. So I'm going to focus on that and try to learn more about how to, how to do that, develop my own methods. And that is pretty much it for today. Um, the title is Read Code, Just Read Code. <laughs> and I think that I'm going to do more of this tomorrow and going forward. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. It's day 33. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.